Welcome everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem BPJ number 72. This Bais Primi Shir number 72. And Hashem, we're going to address now the attitudes towards physical pleasure and to understand how that differs so much from the concepts that Western society um, adapted towards pleasure. Because the Western society or the world at large, for the most part, prize pressure and so much money and resources and um, imagination and attention is directed towards the pursuit of pleasure in so many different forms, so many different ways. And it's an end in of itself in some cultures. It's used as a trade-off for other things. But the Torah values it differently. In a, in in a different way, it values pleasure. But what it is really is the shayrish of it is to have through the proper observance of mitzvahs and meisentayven to fulfill all your obligations towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And in those instances, the pleasure is meisif gives you more of a chiyev. To fulfill your need to be makatayv takadish barachol, so that's a very important thing to understand. In the culture that we have around us, pleasure is primary; the obligations come later. In the Torah's view, pleasures are not primary, and the idea is that it's a vehicle to connect takadish barachol. There's nothing wrong with pleasure when it's received or given in a moral way, in an ethical way, in the way Hashem wants it to be received or given. But it's never center stage. It's never an end in and of itself. Now, when it comes to sexual pleasure, it's not just one example of physical pleasure. It is the ultimate, because it's the most intense and... If a person works on himself or herself to maintain a kedusha in that area, then it's he'll, by definition, for the most part, be able to have the kedusha in other areas as well. The Zayar says in the Mikates, Parshas Mikates, that the Shmir Sabris, watching the Bris, is the aside of keeping the whole Torah. So it's extremely pleasurable physically. And we have a brismila, the men, to be mocker this, you said, the kuzri says it, says it. It's coming to tell a yid that Hashem is not out of the picture when it comes to any type of a human function or connection. Even this. The idea is, there's a mila, you cut the foreskin, priya, expose the membrane and you expose the organ by by splitting it and then pulling it down that's the terror requirement the idea is this what the kuzri brings down is to bring the kadusha into this realm of a person's life aina is called the mitzvah and as well and the idea being here 
is it's meant to be harnessed and brought for Kedusha. The Ramban brings down that one should know that the sexual union is holy, is Kadesh Vitar, when it's done the way it should, at the time the way it should be, and with the proper Kavana. And one should not think there's any disgrace in it, there's any ugliness in it, and he says that just like the hands when writing a Sefer Torah in Kedusha are honorable, and when stealing or committing a negative act, it becomes ugly, so too with the sexual organs, the other Mechavah before the Chetei Tzadas. There's nothing ugly in that. There's nothing ugly in the sexual organs. Whatever ugliness is there is as a result of a man's proper action of misusing it. But in and of itself, it's not ugly. There's a high spiritual elevation in a sexual union when it's done the way it should be. The morale brings this down as well in Esivas Oilam, Chelek Beis. The act is a physical act when it's devoid of the Kedusha and the intent, but when he is Mekadashit with a Tznias, then it's not considered physical. As physical as it is, it's not considered physical. It's a spiritual act. And Ryakavendan says this is its nature when it's good, meaning when intimacy is performed, according to the Ratzon Hashem. There is nothing as good as that. When it's bad, meaning when it's misused or performed to be over on the Ratzon of Hashem, there is nothing as bad as that. So one aspect, of course, is to avoid corrupting the concept of sexual connection or misusing it. And the other is to elevate it. Shru lechem lechem we said is not a downgrade in the Matantara process. It is the expression of the Matantara process. It's Hashem's desire that the Jewish people observe the Torah in all aspects of their mundane life and infuse it with a Kedusha. Shulachem lo'aleichem and Avaydizara Mesechtas Aleph is the Simcha of Aina. That's what the Gemara says. That is what the Gemara says. And it... Because at the same time where I'll tikshuali isha to separate in order to be Makabal the Torah initially, that is the Kabbalah Satayra that's brought through separation, and now it's the Kabbalah Satayra and connection through a Chibar. Puruvu and Aina represent the unique Jewish approach in being Makadish, the physical world, through being keeping mitzvahs and maizim taivim. You're elevating the physical world, bringing it into Ruchnias. That's what it is. Shamshafal Hirsch brings down that the laws that regulate sexual life and food, which is Machol Sures, which is the forbidden food, and Biyosasuris, forbidden sexual relationship, these laws guard the bridge which joins the material and the physical and the spiritual. 
And this is a Pella. This is a miracle. How do, how do you combine both opposites? How do you do that? But Hashem did it, and Hashem wants us to combine it and to fuse it as one whole. We have my proper machshavas, proper thoughts, that allows these mundane, quote-unquote mundane activities to be elevated. does not go down into being vulgar or indecent, but rather beautiful and noble. That is how Torah view is different than other religions. But here is the problem. Torah view does not instill guilt or shame in this area in life. Unfortunately, many people perceive this area in life with guilt and shame. But there's nothing guilty about it. There's nothing shameful about it. And without shame, without guilt, without hypocrisy, without reservation, one can do this mitzvah the Shem Shemayim, with a tremendous simcha. The Zayim Vayishlach says that wherever intimacy as a mitzvah is found, that's where the Shechina, that's where the Shechina is. The Ramban, based on the Gemara Saito Yud Zayin when a man unites with his wife, with a Kedusha, the Shechina dwells among them. The Ramban says when it takes place for the Shem Shemayim, there's nothing holier, there's nothing purer. The Shalah, Shar Oisius Oischo Kaf, he says, No, my children, there's no holiness of all the whole types of holiness comparable to the holiness of marital intimacy if a person sanctifies himself in intercourse in accordance to the instructions of our sages. Fascinating. Fascinating, but simple and deep. There's a beautiful Pshat brought down in Mepharshim. Now, it seems not clear were Cain and Hevel born after they were kicked out of Ganadin or before. This one is going on the Mahalach that they were born. They were born before. So the Mahalach and the Mefarshim that they were born before they were kicked out, before Adam and Chava were kicked out of Ganadin. In definition, according to those Mefarshim, if they were born before they were kicked out of Gan Eden, that means they had sexual intimacy in Gan Eden. And therefore, the Torah switched to order, these Mepharshim say. Because the Torah, the way it's written, it's mashma, that only after they were kicked out of Gan Eden, that's when Cain and Hevel were born. We know they were born the same day that there was a conception, whatever, but... They were really born before. Torah switched the order so that the people shouldn't be mistaken that the reason they were kicked out of Ganadin is because they engaged in sexual intimacy or that there's a hate somehow. And they were kicked out of Ganadin because they were sexually intimate. That's not the case. Akiva says that all the svarim of the Sifri Kodesh are Kodesh, Shirashim is Kodesh Kodashim. It's the muscle of an intense longing and passionate love that exists forever between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. When Shlomo wanted to describe this love and devotion, what muscle did he find? Nothing more noble, more pure than a love shared between a man and a woman. L'chadoidi. Likras kala p'nei Shabbos Again, out of all the... the 
piyutim that we choose to use bringing in Shabbos. How HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes pleasure in the Jewish nation as Shabbos comes into the world. How groom delights over his bride. That is what it is. So that is a very important concept that we have to internalize, we need to internalize. Pleasure could be misused, but pleasure is a gift from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Pleasure is not an end, but it's a means towards the end. But if you recognize this, then when you're in the presence of a pleasure, no matter how intense it is, it could be enjoyed, it could be experienced with a openness and with a beauty, as long as you know that it's Hashem that's providing all of this. And when you have that in mind, then that is the tachlis of it. Frankly, when pleasure is primary, it reduces the pleasure. When pleasure is not primary, and it's because you want to connect to God through that pleasure, then it's even more pleasurable. We spoke about this many times before. And this is a mistake where people think that when you have the awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in these areas, it diminishes pleasure. Not true. It enhances it. Because if you have in mind Hashem, see, we have a warped perception of Hashem. This is famous, whether he said it or not, but this is what they say. An atheist came to him and he said, I don't believe in God. And Rav Levi Yitzchak said, the God that you don't believe in, I don't believe in him either. So the God of this atheist is the God that when you're having intimate relations with your wife or your husband, God is looking down and wagging the finger at you, waving it and looking to see, don't enjoy this so much. I'm watching you and I want you to be like like Mamish, like it's like it's Tishabov. Well, like there's a Imasadin. Yes, there's supposed to be always a Yiras Hashem. Make it very clear. There's, there's, there's a certain Yiras Hashem of having awe of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that is in a person's life no matter what he's doing, including what he's doing in the bedroom. But with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that Yiras Shemayim is not Saiser the expression of pleasure, because Hashem is telling you, enjoy. Enjoy it physically, enjoy it. Midairais to the level, he wants the wife to enjoy it, to her utmost, and kamayim alponim, mitzad v'haftorecha kamoicha, mitzad what the Torah, the panemius of the Torah wants, wants the husband to enjoy it too, but he has to be the nicing. But regardless, Hashem wants you to enjoy it. So when you have true Yerushalayim, then you strive to enjoy it. Why? Because Hashem wants you to enjoy it. So you have Yerushalayim. You see, this is the mistake, the warped conception that in order to have Yerushalayim, the only way to do it is if you desire two pieces of fish, especially Shabbos. Okay, during the week, you could say this, you could say that. You desire two pieces of, you want the salmon and the gefilte fish. 
on Shabbos. And you take just the gefilte fish, and that's the fish you like less, or you take just the salmon, because that's the fish you like less. Now, if you do that for the purpose of purifying yourself, controlling yourself, that's also a, 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 a method, a school of Yerushalayim. Don't get me wrong. If you really mean that, to give up of something, the Kvayt Hashem, that could also be Yerushalayim. True. But if someone's kavana, even if he'll enjoy both the kefilte fish and the salmon, Oynek Shabbos, I'm going to enjoy the dogim the covered Shabbos. That's your Shamayim. Same thing in the bedroom. A husband that wants to gift his wife sexual pleasure because he knows that's what Hashem wants, he's a Yerei Shamayim. See, people don't perceive it that way. They perceive Yerei Shamayim of somebody that is learning game of Alayla and in a talis and tefillin and looking in the Gemara and saying to Hillam, that's Yerashamayim. But a man expressing his love physically, frankly, entering her and her enjoying it, that can't be Yerashamayim. And the answer is, absolutely, that's Yerashamayim. Why? Because Hashem wants you to enjoy it and your mindset is that's what Hashem wants from me and I'm going to enjoy it. And thank you Hashem for allowing me to enjoy it. That's when pleasure does not deteriorate into gluttony. That's when pleasure doesn't turn you into an animal but turns you into a malach. There's two ways to turn into a malach. On Yom Kippur, you turn into a malach by staying away from Tashmish Amita. Even it's, if it's just a Durabanan. Even if you hold it's not a Dairaisa. The bottom line is the Chazal is Kaidish Kadosh and Leisaser. Once they answered if it is a Durabanan, and they said no Tashmish Amita, then on Yom Kippur, the way you have Kedusha is staying away. That's your Shemayim on Yom Kippur. When that's totally out of the realm of your thoughts. You're Yom Kippur. You're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And this is totally foreign to you. And it's the strangest thing. And on another night, whether Leil Tefillah, whether when a wife has a cheshik for this, and no, she's not a manuvel for having a cheshik for this. She's a Tznuen Yerei Shemayim for having a cheshik for this. And the husband provides it. Then... That's the Kedusha then. There's no difference. That's Nila on Yom Kippur in the bedroom. On Yom Kippur, it's Nila in the base medrash. And on that night, it's Nila in the bedroom. Kodesh HaKadoshim. That's what it is. Baruch